There is no one person who could ever say that in life they have never found themselves dealing with bullshit. (laughs) Rather, that's the shit you deal with with your family, your friends, finding love, or getting your coins. I'm your host, Kenya Nicole, everybody's favorite big sis, and this is On Your Shit Podcast, where the strangest shit bring us into our power and help us fulfill great missions. Join me for those hard-to-muster conversations, expressions of life lessons, along with special guests as we work together to own our shit. Own Your Shit Podcast, presented by Stronger Than My Struggles. Hey, 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 guys. It's your girl, Kenya Nicole, here. Everybody's favorite big sis. And I'm here with another episode of Own Your Shit Podcast. As you guys know, I am embarking upon a five-part series that I have coined Naked and Unashamed. And in this series, I'm allowing myself to be a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more open, and I'm sharing parts of myself that I have never shared publicly. And I'm doing so because in order for me to set the tone for the guests to come on the show, on their shit, you listen in and on your shit, then it's a required necessity that I lead by example on this platform. And um, today, you guys, I'm going to be very vulnerable and transparent regarding my relationship component with men. Um, to be totally honest with you guys, I'm going to give you my backstory. So I had a really great relationship with my dad. My dad was really my best friend. However, my dad took sick when I was about 14 years of age. Um, At the age of 15, my dad passed away. Um, My dad actually passed the same year at the same time his favorite team went to the Super Bowl, which is none other than the Dallas Cowboys, you guys. And, um... That age is a very trying age for any young girl. And I was in this space of discovery. I was in this space of evolving. My body was changing. I was um, encountering a lot of, you know, the peer pressure that comes within that teenage year of, of life. And going through this space of where I felt a little weird because I wasn't, I wasn't fitting in. 
And I would have conversations regarding that with my dad. And my dad would make me feel really comfortable with my transition. And for me to be amid my transformation and lose my dad, it did something to me. It did something to me. And um, during that same time, my mom was battling with her drug addiction. She's recovered. She's clean, has been clean for many, many years. And I'm so grateful to God for that. But that was a really dark period in my life. And so I began to look for love in all of the wrong places. By the time I was 17, I was a teen mom. And I was pregnant with my oldest daughter. Some of you guys know who I'm speaking of, little Miss Brianna. And um, I just find it important that I share that it took me owning my shit and coming to the realization that if I wanted my relationships with the opposite sex to change, then it required me taking a look at myself, looking at the way I set the relationship dynamic with the opposite sex, owning that shit and changing it. And so because I was a young girl dealing with daddy issues, the loss of my dad, I looked for love in all the wrong places. If a guy told me that I was cute and I, you know, I looked good, um, or he showed interest in me that made me feel valuable because again, I'm, I'm young and not really knowing my worth. And so me being a mother so early on, it gave me, um, a passion and desire for life that shifted me because now I had someone other than myself to be responsible for. And I was willing to do any and everything to make sure that I care for my baby. And so by the time I was 21, I had, you know, another baby, another dad and I just was still in a space of trying to find myself and going through the ups and downs in a relationship, trying to make my relationships work, sacrificing myself beyond measure, um, settling. Because again, at that point in my life, I did not quite know my worth. Okay. And so, um, as time progressed, I had another child. And now I was, at that point, I was a single mom of three little girls. And they gave me the fire that I needed to just change my life drastically because I knew that I was their line of hope. I was their 
role model. I was their example. And if I wanted my daughters to grow up and become gardens whose flowers would not be trampled up on, then it required me making the necessary changes. And I will never forget I um I encountered a season in my life where I end up leaving a relationship and I went to a domestic violence shelter. While at the shelter I saw all these broken women, physically broken, mentally broken, and I was emotionally broken. Um, gathering the pieces of myself, um, wanting to heal, um, in a space where I desire to go to therapy and just do what was necessary, you know, do the work, not complain about life, not speak as a victim, but actually do the work. And in doing so, my desire was how can I give back to these women? And so that um, gift that I had, and I still have it, I just I don't use it as a hairstylist. I use that to help those women feel better about themselves, to make them look pretty and feel pretty on the surface, even though they were hurting in their interior, in the interiors where we really should focus our energy. Um, but in this space, I I began to heal and I was as I was healing, I was growing and I was learning all at the same time. That is a really weird space to be in. I can't even quite explain it. But I got to this space in my life where there was a very patient man that came along that loved me, loved my children. But because of all the hell that I had gone through in my younger life, I really didn't understand that he was there as a gift because I had been, you know, to lose your dad at such a young age. It put me in a space where I felt abandoned at a time I needed him most. Not only did I feel abandoned by what was going on with him, I felt abandoned by what was going on with, you know, with the loss of my dad, I'm sorry. And I felt abandoned by what was going on with my mom, but I also felt like God had abandoned me because I was trying to understand why would God let somebody like me as young as I was like go through the things that I had gone through and so when this man came along I sent this man through the ringer I tested him I tried him I I was in a space where I self-sabotaged because in my mind I knew that, you know, I had told myself and convinced myself that he was going to leave. And before he would leave me, I would make sure that I did things that would cause him to want to leave. So it wasn't as though he was leaving my life. I was pushing him away. Like, it's really crazy what I was doing when I said and I really thought about it. But I would be lying if I didn't tell you guys the truth that that was the self-destructive space that I was in. And so um, losing that relationship, because this was the man that 
I believed I would marry. And when things got difficult, because I really had not been taught how to be in a loving relationship that wasn't taught to me coming up, I was taught, I don't know about you, but I was taught that women pursue men who can take care of them. That if you had a man that had a good job and he paid the bills to take care of you and the kids, then you had yourself a really good guy. But I wasn't taught that when the trials and tribulations of life attack you, attack your mate, attack your relationship, how to work through those things. I wasn't taught that it was important that I not equate my value as to that relationship or what was within that relationship, but understanding my value apart from the relationship. I wasn't taught those things. I had to teach myself those things along the way. And so me having this, this, this man, I just, it's, it's crazy. And so to this day, he and I are able to still be friends. Um, he's very supportive of my business, um, endeavors. I mean, sends me referrals and I'm just glad that my, um, my self-destructive mindset back in the day did not ruin the blessing that he has been in my life in the lives of my daughters um, and whatnot. But it took me going through that to get to where I am today. And so once I realized that I had a lot of what I like to call misinformation and bad information. And so it was important for me that I replace that I replace that information is just like having a computer with a hard drive. If you put the wrong data on that computer, you could give it a virus and then it does not function and operate at its full capacity. It does not um process the information the way it needs to process because there has been a bad file downloaded that is corrupting the internal hard drive and so that was the space my mindset was in and so I knew that it was going to be my responsibility to renew my mind I really began to go on a more spiritual journey, not just the whole showing up on Sunday to church, going to Bible study on Wednesday, choir rehearsal on Saturday. I'm talking about really getting into this space to where I was like, okay, God, I need you to be the God in my life, the God of my life for the trials of my life. I want to experience you in ways that I read about in the good book. I want to experience you in the miraculous. I don't want you to just be the God my grandmother told me about. I want you to be I am that I am in my life to help me 
to heal and to renew my mind and to renew my outlook on life and to renew my heart towards love and to help me truly identify my self-worth. And so my journey began and I, of course, would read my Bible and I found people that I considered to be mentors and I purchased lots and lots of books because it was important that I did the self-development work. And I think it plays a really big part in why I love business development so much today, um, even though this is personal development that I'm, that I'm speaking of right now. But I would read this material and I would take in this material and then I would evaluate myself and I would buy all these tablets. I journaled so much and um, in my journaling, I came to the, the, the truth of the matter that it was time for me to reassess how I established relationships and set some healthy boundaries because I use sex outside of the formality of what God designed it to be in. Like, you know, I, I didn't have children with a husband. I had my children out of wedlock. And so, um, me just get into that space and saying, okay, I no longer want to be the girl that thinks that I can, you know, we have this, this stupid concept that, you know, I can get a man to be the man I need him to be if I just suck his dick right. Or I can get the man to be the man that I need him to be in my life. I just got to make sure I, I fuck him, I feed him, and I do all of these things to make him not it. This shit ain't hitting on nothing because one of the things I learned in that is the emotional connection and the spiritual connection. If those things are not there when you are being physical with said man, um, a man can lay down with you, have this erection and all of this other stuff. And if he has if he is not invested in you beyond your body, beyond the physical element, um, it's going to go nowhere fast. It's going to be very lustful. Um, you guys may hold on to each other for sexual preferences, but it will never, ever get to that place where you really want it to be something solid. And so as I begin to heal my taste in men changed and it was hard to be balanced with someone who I connected with when I was hurting versus who I'm becoming as I am healing. Okay. And so in that I said, okay, I, I can't date right now. I have to be celibate. I can't have sex right now because sex is causing me to repeat habits that I don't want to repeat. If I go into these things and I do what I, if I'm doing what I already done and I know I don't like the results from what I've already done, then that means I need to completely stop everything and just really take and take this in. And that's what I did. And so, um, 
I took out the time to really work on me. And God has such a sense of humor. He gave me a production company at that time. And as I stated earlier, I was doing a lot of writing and journaling. And so I wrote a stage play and the production company God gave me, I called it a woman's work production because I was in this space where I was really learning my work, really becoming aware of myself, um, understanding what my real needs and desires were not being afraid to express those things because of the fragility of my childhood or my teenage years, I would compromise myself beyond measure in relationships. And so I had to learn how to set healthy boundaries. I had to just relearn love for myself first before I could share with anybody else and in me doing so I I was single and alone for four almost five years after the relationship with my ex ended and it was hard in that relationship dynamic because we met in church uh, our church members connected us so it became a battle for me to even go to that same church because I would still have to see him and I didn't want to have to see him after I had hurt him because hurt people hurt people but now I'm healing and I'm realizing that that when you hurt people Even though you're taking the time to heal, some people will never see you beyond the hurt that you caused them. And so I had to come to terms with that. But it took me um, on this journey and for about four, almost five years, as I stated, I stayed out of a relationship and I didn't realize it at the time. Some of it was me putting a wall up to keep myself safe. And the other part of of it was me really just doing the work. I was doing the work. And here's the thing about doing the work. You do the work. You come into the realization of the things that you need to change, the habits that you need to break, the healing that must happen. You, it doesn't stop there. Because now a new cycle in life will develop, but also within that new cycle comes a testing of the work that you've done, the, the, the tools that you have now been equipped with that are in your arsenal and knowing how and when to pick them up, pull them out. And use them. And so I was finally in this space and I'd done this work and, you know, I realized, okay, I think I'm ready to date again. And so I did so much work 
and focus on me that I did not put in the effort as far as with this test and with me, you know, preparing myself to date again, I'm just a one man type of woman. I've never seen my mom be from man to man, you know, I've never seen any of that. And so I really didn't know how to date because I, I wasn't really taught how to date. So I would act committed in situations where a, a guy takes me out. We go on two or three or four dates. Now I'm acting like I'm his girlfriend. Very unhealthy. And so I was doing that. And um, finding myself being attached and you never, in a dating aspect, you never, even in a, a relationship aspect, you never want to be attached. You want to be connected, not attached. Because attachment is a sign of codependency. And so I would become codependent on what that relationship would make me feel. Or what that attachment or how that attachment would make me feel. And, um, I would try, you know, when it was all the signs would be there for me to let that situation go, but I would try to hold on with dear life because I knew I did the work. And so now I need to prove to this person that I've did the work and I, and I deserve for this, I deserve for this relationship to work, which brought me into this space of recognizing, okay, <laughs> you got some more healing <laughs> to do because this is unhealthy. And so um instead of me taking the time to figure out where that was coming from and why was I doing that, I tried to control it in my own way. But when you don't want to address certain things and you mask them and try to control them, they will eventually come to the surface. Okay. And so, um, I met a guy and it seemed like this was the perfect relationship. And it was not, it wasn't the perfect relationship. It was the perfect mistake that would change my life and change me for the betterment of myself in ways I had not even imagined. Okay. And so as I learned these things about myself and come into the realization that I still have work to do, I, you know, got back involved with, with therapy and truly understanding, um, 
the aspect of mental health and what goes on with that. There are a lot of people struggling with a lot of things and they are very unaware that they are struggling with these things. And so me being the person that I am, I'm, I'm a, I'm an empath and I'm very empathetic towards others. I have to be careful to not, um, attract people that have narcissistic personalities. Okay. In my vulnerability, I had to learn that. It took me going to therapy to learn that. And so, um, it just took a lot of work. I said all that to say, I want you guys to really understand where I'm coming from because I did not always start off like the space that I am in now. And before I could be anything to anybody I needed to be everything to myself I needed to be whole within myself I needed that one on one time with myself so that in my oneness I could take care of the voids that needed to be filled in my life me and God would fill those voids and I would not place unrealistic expectations on others and so the woman that I am today is very very grateful for all that I have gone through and I have experienced and I know people say we are what we attract we do we put we project out to the world what it is that we believe about ourselves but once you become healed and you become aware you have to understand that in your healing journey now that you are at a better place it does not mean that your life is automatically protected from attracting those that are still operating in the dark even though you are now operating in your light if that makes sense it's the same way as and and this is for believers if you are a believer then you'll you're gonna get this um it's the same way that jesus was jesus and there were people drawn to him of all types and so when that light and love lives within you and you do the work and you heal and you put good energy out and you project it does not mean that you're not in a good space if you have an encounter with someone who is not again operating in the light of themselves they are operating at a lower vibrational frequency than you it is your responsibility in the knowing to set boundaries with that individual it is your responsibility in the knowing to to make a conscious decision on if you will allow this person to have access in your life because that is when you take all the work you've done all the knowledge that you've consumed all the tips that you have been taught and you actually put them into play you actually execute them in your day-to-day life you actually apply them in those life lessons and so in me going into this space becoming one with self 
doing the self-work, recognizing and honoring the queen in me. I had to reevaluate how I saw and how I see men as well and look at men as more honorable individuals and uh, really understand the hearts of men and not just see um, the men who have hurt me, but have some empathy for those men to understand what may have happened in their life that caused them to be molded into the mindsets in which they operated from. Because again, hurt people hurt people. And so there was, I, I, I located a lot of healing in that. I located within that the ability to be able to forgive and to, to release people and to be able to set them free. And so now when I'm dating and I'm looking at the male species or the masculine and the divineness of the masculine and what he brings to the table or what I bring to the table. We look at men as women, as women. We look at men and we want men to be our safe spaces and our protectors in a relationship. But is his heart safe with you as well? We want to make sure that our hearts are safe. But I, but I want you to ask yourself, evaluate yourself, because if we are operating in the law of, of reciprocity, a law of duty that we not only are, not only are we what we attract, but we are giving back what we give out. So is his heart safe with you? Like, have you really done the healing that would allow that man's heart to be safe with you? And can he unmask himself with you? Can he share his weaknesses and be vulnerable about what he feels or his everyday battles with you? Especially his day-to-day battles if he is a black man. It is very hard to be a black man in America. And we know that, okay? And then these are things that I had to ask and evaluate within myself once I started dealing with, okay, I've dealt with me. I'm at peace with me. I have this loving kindness for me. I'm in love with me. I value me. Now I needed to reflect and see how I needed to see men. And I had certain questions concerning the man and so as a woman are you the woman who uses what he tells you in confidence to attack his manhood can you handle his truth or are you able to take what he tells you in confidence and discover your purpose in his need once you've done your own healing work you will be held accountable with how you navigate in all other relationships moving forward. So this may be a really good time for you to reassess how you view men 
how you see men now that you have healed. So do you make a man feel less than? Or do you hold him accountable as the head that is designed to lead a household? Are you capable of allowing a man to lead? You know, that's a question that a single mom needs to ask because as a single mother that has had to do everything, be responsible for everything, take care of everything, take care of everybody, you've been operating in the duality of your feminine and your masculine energy. And so you're going to have to ask yourself, do you know how to release that and truly offer operate in the femininity of who you are? And then you have to ask yourself, is your love and words like affirmations of medicine to his ailment after a long day or during a tough season in his life? Because you've learned how to be this for yourself. So are you capable to multiply this in the man you want to now connect with in his life? Or are you the kryptonite toxic to his being? An unhealthy addiction keeping him crippled and ineffective in his purpose. My homeboy told me, he told me something very powerful. He said, you know, you make your post on social media. When you talk to the women, you're a lot more compassionate than you are when you speak to the men. He said, you speak to the men really harsh. And I said, how so? And so he kind of gave me an example. And he said, but if that's your, if that was your brother, how would you speak to your brother if your brother was in the same situation? And you know what that told me? That told me that there was some residue. That I needed to burn that was still on me that was causing me to come off in aggression with my expression of me wanting men to know that there are things that you have to own as a man like everybody got shit to own and I just be wanting everybody to own this shit. But I owned that when my homeboy told me that. And I said, you know what? I'm going to work on, on my delivery. Because if you can recognize that I'm more loving and I have more compassion with the women. And you're telling me that if I have more compassion with the men, it'll be more, it'll be easy, easier for them to digest what I'm giving out. Then I take note of that. Another thing, ladies that are listening, I want you to ask yourself, are you truly an empowered woman capable of caring for a man's spirit? Are you a sound solution to the consciousness of his mind? As a woman, it took a while for me to understand the kind of virtue and power we carry between our hips. I, I shared earlier that I use sex as a tool to try to get what I want out of a relationship, not knowing that as a woman, we carry sexual healing when sex is used in its proper form. Um, the act of sexual contact man it is bigger than babies greater than orgasms it actually acts as a gateway to oneness 
and access to our virtue ladies it really really is sexual healing i mean sexual healing is more than a marvin Gaye song have you identified that and are you prepared to use sex in its proper form yes and then have you experienced true intimacy intimacy with God intimacy with yourself and are you aware of ways to experience intimacy that have absolutely nothing to do with um, it just being sex or are you minimizing the act of sex and letting your body be used as an instigator for ejaculation like for real because here's the thing we are so quick as women to express what we need from a man and how we want a man to work and pay bills but do we fully understand who we are as women so to the ladies that may be listening who your whole thing is getting your bills paid and that's what you think it's all about a good man like my grandmother and my mom and everybody taught me within my family that a good man is going to pay the bills and provide and take care of the family well I'm sorry to inform you you don't want a man if that's all you want from a man you just want a provider and providing is a component of what he does not who he is and until we learn what we are, until we learn what our true values are individually as women and individually as men, we will struggle in relationships and becoming one in our marriage unions, in our relationship dynamics collectively. So to the ladies, if the marriage union, the relationship, and the dating aren't what we desire them to be, let us take out the time to tap into our true power as women first, apart from being connected to anyone else. Because I believe the seed of a man is discovered in the soul of a man. If he'll only bear his body with you, but not his soul, perhaps you're not the fertile soil for him to sow into, and you are in the way of his true harvest. The gift we have given, and the gift that we have been given, is to nurture and love and I don't know if we recognize that or not but the gift of being able to nurture and love is an actual assignment for us ladies our wombs give birth to a man's babies in the natural 
But what are we birthing into his life in the spirit? Could it be possible that our relationships aren't fruitful because spiritually the womb of our souls is barren? These were all questions that I was forced to ask myself during my healing journey. And I still, I'm still on a healing journey. It is a never ending journey because you will forever be evolving. You know, shout out to Sarah Jakes for Woman Evolve, but you will forever be evolving. But yeah, these are questions that I was forced to ask myself. I had to take in the truth, process it, digest it, look within, and then make a conscious decision to make the necessary adjustments. Because the gift of life and the gift of relationships are given to us with purpose. Our roles as women and men in one another's lives are far greater than the orgasms and the bills we split and the pictures we post. So ask yourself, are you cultivating a loving relationship with a divine partner? I want both men and women to ask themselves that. Are you cultivating a loving relationship with a divine partner that fulfills purpose? And if you come up with a few answers that you don't like, your big sis, Kenya Nicole, needs you to own that shit. Own the shit that we hold within us that we need to let go of. We hold within us the power to change everything around us together as men and women, we create life. So could you imagine the possibilities of what we could create if we genuinely tapped into our power and operated within our divine roles in one another's life? Um, so. Before I get out of here, I want you to do this with me. I want you to affirm yourself. Okay? So repeat after me. If you're interested in being a guest on the Own Your Shit podcast, feel free to send your information over to our email address at info at O-W-N- Y-O-S-H-I-T dot com. That's info at ownyourshit.com. I must focus on myself, feel as good as I can, and make my relationship with myself a priority. When I do that, everything else will fall into place. Until next time, beautiful people. Of course, it's everybody's big sis. <laughs> Your girl, Kenya Nicole. And in the meantime and in between time, I'm going to need you to own that shit. All right, people, I'll be back with you soon. The late, great Lucille Ball said, love yourself first and everything else falls into line. You really have to love yourself to get anything done in this world.
And I believe every word she said. So how does one manifest love in divine perfection? You must first love yourself before loving anyone. By loving yourself, what I mean is loving your higher and best self. Releasing all limitations regarding what you would consider being your true ideal soulmate. Or as some call it, you know, um, your twin flame. The way to release all limitations is through faith in your concept of self. Through faith and knowingness that you are what you say you are, there are no limitations except the limitations you put on yourself. Through faith, the bridge of incidents could cause you to meet your soulmate. <laughs> As soon as tomorrow. Don't hope to meet your soulmate one day. Know that one day. When the timing is right. Divine perfection will come. As long as you stay true to your being. Someone can't be out of your league. That does not exist. So please take that out of your vocabulary. Remember that indecision. Doubt. Fear. All those things can be brought into a physical existence and I had to learn that that negative energy or negative connotation changes the bridge of incidents from occurring in your favor when when you think like that so it's a mindset shift a mindset shift that must happen I'm not saying that you must uh, I'm not saying that you should not observe um, I'm not saying that you should not be realistic about situations and things that are happening like I'm not saying don't observe it through the way that sometimes things come but find the source and change your assumptions you know sometimes those Doubtful thoughts are coming from, they are replays from past life experiences. So become aware, become aware of what you think and say concerning yourself, your life, your circumstances, the things that you want to experience in life. Don't be brainwashed by the expectations of others because others are not you, nor are they vibrating on the same love frequency that you're vibrating on. Others don't know like what you want or how you feel about someone you love it's your heart it's your heart desires not theirs and you have to remember that you are the creator not them